Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Following Faith Podcast. I'm Kristen Jacobson, joined by Daniel Asher. Hey, hey. And Scott Irwin. What's going on? And the one, the only, Dan Jacobson. Yes, I knew it was worth it to let you lead off because I could become the the coveted one and only on the <laughs> podcast. Kristen, how'd that feel? That's how you do it right there. I mean, it was oozing professionalism, unlike you jokers. We got right into it. I liked it. Fantastic. I mean, that was our fourth go at an intro. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. It's like that thing where like we we each just take a turn until one person hits it really far. And so far, Kristen, you win. You always do. Good job, Kristen. Yep. Kristen, today uh, was a big day for women. Um, women every day is a big day for women, Dan. Yeah, every what, day. What was going on at the Crown Point campus today, and what do we got to look forward to at HP? Yeah, we kicked off Women of the Word uh, today at Crown Point this week, um, and Cedar Lake campus kicked off as well. So we are starting a new study called Jesus and Women in the First Century and Now. And if you are listening to this and attend the Hobart Portage campus, you still have time to join us. We'll be there <laughs> Thursday evening at 6.30. So if you're interested, hop Cr- on in. Kristen, how do you Boom. feel about not doing a Jen Wilkins study? I didn't know that we, I didn't even know that was like a possible, right. like a possibility. <laughs> right. Feels Ever a little since bit I've been sacrilegious. Here. I'm not yes. going to lie. There's a, there's a little bit of betrayal. Y'all are cheating on Jen. <laughs> no, it's, um, it's, it's good. You know, there are many voices and it's, it is good to have a broad reaching Mm. Um, I guess audience, no, not audience, a um, group of people that you learn and listen from, listen to. I want to so, know, when did we give up on Beth Moore? I, um, I, we have never done a Beth Moore study since I've been here. So typically Man. because we like to do live teaching and her, mm. her, uh, her studies really rely on her teaching. Does this have live teaching? This, no, this one, okay, this, this is the, also the first semester that we are not doing our live teaching because we were unsure if we'd be in person or virtual. So we wanted something that had um, recordings that went along with it so we could drop if we needed to and all retreat back to our homes and still be on the same page. So, so. Kristen, when are you going to put out your entire curriculum with live teaching so that other churches sure. can <laughs> right, cheat right, on right. Jen Wilkins with you? <laughs> Hey, there might be something uh, coming in the pipeline here from Bethel Church. What? It's not from me, but next semester, what? our plan is to do a study written by one of our very own. One of our so very own. I'm gonna I'm gonna put that out there like a tease. <laughs> <laughs> I have right, literally, literally right, no guys. knowledge of any of this. I'm so. coming out the devotional. Yes, you guys. <laughs> Daniel. Yes, Daniel. <laughs> Daniel's been writing music, and there will be. Uh, a- Eight week devotional studies. Jack of all trades. There will be lots of pictures. Lots of pictures. (laughs) (laughs) Like doodles. (laughs) Hey, you guys, it's um, it's the most magical time of the year. You know what time it is? It's It's not Christmas. Uh, Pumpkin spice latte seasons. You guys uh, hit up Starbucks yet for any uh, special flavors? I have have not. not. They make it it too sweet. That pumpkin cold brew. Get on it. Okay. Did you guys know that Dunkin' Donuts gives out free coffee every wednesday if you have their rewards app you can take your phone scan it and it is free coffee every single wednesday how did what i know my wife doesn't know this she comes to verge with a big old thing of coffee and she's like it's full free 
<laughs> Kristen, hold on. I knew that. <laughs> what? Sorry. I don't understand I don't, how they make I don't, how they make money. Or it just goes to yeah. show how cheap coffee is. That's what I was it's, about to say. Yeah, it's bulls. Right? It's how cheap coffee is, and like they're gonna sucker you with a donut, and that's also super cheap. <laughs> Sorry, right, I just had to get story. that out I had there. A, PSA. I had a um a donut from Dunkin' Donuts that was like an apple donut. This is going to be a hot take, you guys, but it might have been better than the orchard. Mm. I just got to wow. say. Do we have that Dunkin horn? We can do like a hot take. <laughs> yeah, Dunkin' yeah, yeah. Donuts <laughs> made a cinnamon apple donut better than County Line Orchard. There. Mm. There. It's I been said. said. Uh, speaking of the orchard, Kristen, we took our kids there yesterday. Was it guys, enjoyable for you? Was it like, is that something that you would do normally on your day off? Yes, it was our day off technically, and it's fall break for our kids, so we didn't have yep. school to compete with, which well, was yeah. nice. So it was enjoyable. I was bummed because there were no apples on the trees. Although, I, to be honest, we usually just go for the donuts and less for the apple picking. <laughs> but there, we we did the corn maze for the first time. We've never done that. That was super fun. The pumpkins were all there, and the kids were very excited about the pumpkins. It was a very long line to check out, which is a little insane because of how few people there were there. That was kind of surprising to me. Do they run, a, spook, do they run a spooky maze? Ooh. Oh, so this is a question. Do, do they? I mean, they've got that maze that's done, the corn maze. Just do it at night. That seems amazing. Oh, I love spooky mazes. I don't they think they do. It. We can just go out with some, with some chainsaws out there one night and just yes. try to <laughs> introduce it. We can make it, it yes. a spooky maze. So, so I wonder if next year we just mm. don't mow the back seven acres again yes. and we just let it all grow tall. And then come October, we decide to, you know, just do our own maze at HP and get, you know, guys to take the blades off their chainsaws. There you go. Do, See, uh, here's the thing. Where I grew up, um, it was very against uh, the Halloween traditions. Um, so sure. like I, I never, I've never trick-or-treated in my life. I've always well, gone to huh, okay. harvest festivals. Yes. I mean, we had the, uh, oh gosh. Trunk uh, or treat? No, like we, <laughs> they tried to, um, scare us from hell. We had yes. the, oh. you know, yeah. the judge, the Kristen. judgment, the, what was it? The, like the judgment seat and stuff like that. Where you got, <laughs> what is this? Oh, I need to know what this is. I've never it's heard of this before. basically like the horror stories, mm -hmm. um, just, just washed in biblical stories. And they basically just. It's just to scare you, but it's pretty awesome. Okay. Can I tell you very briefly, my church <laughs> took that to the nth degree. <laughs> yeah, it was I'm called excited. the House of Horrors. And you would go and people would thought they were walking into a haunted house and they rented this old, like dilapidated building in downtown side of like Rockford. You walked in, but every single room had a different horrifying scene of like someone getting abused and like someone... And committing suicide and then at the end there was a light at the end of a tunnel and it yep. was a gospel story and also i dressed up as a demon and hid behind people and it scared, scared me nice. worse than watching <laughs> halloween when i was 11 years old i used to go to bed i kid you not after we went to a judgment house that's yeah. what it was called judgment house to a judgment house i slept with three bats two oh knives uh and like uh <gasps> like a tomahawk thing oh. underneath my bed because I could have sworn to you I was going to get like everyone else was going to get raptured but me because I sinned too much from this judgment like <laughs> they I convinced me about, 
How does how does a judgment house in a in a state like Tennessee, which is like is it open carry in in Tennessee, like oh. or at least concealed yeah, yeah, yeah. carry? I don't understand how like you don't hear on Halloween more stories of like dude got shot playing yes. a demon at a judgment house because he scared someone so much that they drew fire on him, like that that it seems crazy That's to terrifying. me that this would be a thing that we do. Yeah, even crazier. I want to know this, listeners. If if you guys saved at a judgment house, will you um, <laughs> just write oh in? Can oh you gosh. please? Because I hey, it's not beyond the Lord. I, I, I yeah believe yeah. I have faith. I and I really mean that. To me though, it's not maybe the best approach. To it's better approaches. But my people. point, my point that I was saying was that uh, before I moved here, I just wasn't used to like spooky culture. Like they get spooky here, like the last week of September, and it goes. I mean, throughout the whole month. I'm just so not used mm-hmm. to that. Have mm. you been to a haunted house around here? No. Mm-mm. Anybody? I talk, I talk a big game, but I do I not I mean, like I used to house. when I was growing up here, but I have not since I moved back. Did you guys I've know I've never that been to a haunted house. They're not my favorite. There's a, I think there's I a haunted somebody. ghost tour. Yes. Kristen, what's this thing? I feel like we got to talk about this because this In is a city? local uh, NWI no, local. secret. Oh. I know nothing about it except that I saw it advertised on Facebook. So it's got to be good, right? I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but it was it's a one dude it was, and the Muchu train. And they, <laughs> I didn't hear you said that. I said it's one dude on the Muchu train and they take <laughs> you around <laughs> Northwestern. <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, it's a ghost tour in Chesterton. Did you know that there were uh, haunted houses in Chesterton? I mean, I don't know where y'all land spiritually speaking with the uh, belief in ghosts or not, but apparently if your belief in Chesterton, but the uh, it's it's out there if you want to go. Apparently there is uh, Stagecoach Road just north in Portage, uh, south of 20. Do you know know the road I'm talking about? I know the road you're talking about. Yeah, there's there's stories about hauntings on stagecoach road of somebody who died on the road a long time ago hold on what 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 road was that it's called stagecoach yeah, road you're, you're 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 peaking the interest of half of our yes you know, we yeah got like a very clear uh Ye- this is the podcast that some people listen to when they're like <laughs> taking a break from their cold case podcasts yes <laughs> they're like oh i need to i need to like, detox we- <laughs> from all of this horror. how did we even we get here how did we podcast. even get here? i don't know my mama wouldn't let me watch casper so i want nothing to do <laughs> yeah, with no. haunted houses i'm good i'm good or- <laughs> i'm not a fan i really am not no me I, either it's uh th- there's something about it that i just go you know what i'm good i'm good yeah <laughs> By 2021, I, we are doing a judgment house. Yeah. <laughs> Start promoting now. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, well, listeners, thank you for sticking it out. If any this of you long. are still listening. Yes. <laughs> if any of you are still listening. <laughs> County Line Donuts on us. Let's Pretty talk about something think, we're qualified you, to talk about, or at least, you know, I was going to say, do qualified. you think people are sitting around and like, why don't, why do they do this A yeah. block? <laughs> Stuff. Why don't they just start talking about the catechism? Because that's all I'm actually listening uh, let's, to. Let's go. Let's let's talk about the catechism. Let's, <laughs> it's got to be better. So many people have been telling me that they enjoy the catechism because that means they've stuck it out through our ridiculously. Yeah, they're fast forwarding through this ridiculous. Mm, that's true. Portion of the know. podcast. I don't know. I think our people, uh, they're just the best. That's what I think. So, uh, you guys, we've got question ten. We're on question ten of the catechism already. We're one fifth of the Cruising. way through. Here's the question. What does God require in the fourth and fifth commandments? Scott, I think Verge is maybe a couple days ahead of us um, in 
the catechism. But have you guys talked about this yet? We did. This is actually, so we did this in the summer and we've actually stopped our summer programming. So this was the last question that we landed on with, with high schoolers. And it was a really good discussion because if you did not know, uh, this talks about the Sabbath and uh, high schoolers today are very busy. Mm. Busy and stressed. How busy is a high school kid these days? Probably like a seven or an eight, huh. I would say. I don't, even, I don't even know what that means. Uh, <laughs> They're pretty busy. Sabbath. Sabbath for us uh, who, who grew up in church, um, depending on the church you grew up in, this could be a really different thing. Here's the answer of what does, the, what does God require in the fourth and fifth commandments. And, and the reason you brought up high school students being busy is because it, it's Sabbath. Um, fourth, that on the Sabbath day, we spend time in public and private worship of God rest from routine employment, serve the Lord and others, and so anticipate the eternal Sabbath. Now that was just a a lot of words. So I'm going to actually say that whole part again. Fourth, that on the Sabbath day, we spend time in public and private worship of God, rest from routine employment, serve the Lord and others, and so anticipate the eternal Sabbath. The fifth, which I don't even think we're going to get to today, well, here's the fifth commandment, that we love and honor our father and our mother, submitting to their godly discipline and direction. Whew. Okay, y'all, let's uh, let's just, you know, sympathize with the people who are listening for a moment. When was the last time you actually felt like you were taking a Sabbath? Anyone? Oh, man. Uh, when, we, when we started talking about this, uh, before we started recording, that was my initial thought. It was like, I, I don't know, I think maybe on our honeymoon, and before that, I, I couldn't tell you when the last time, like I actually uh, unplugged, but unplugged with the purpose of worship. Um, like, you know what I mean? Not just unplugging yeah. to, to be lazy or to get more sleep, um, but fully unplugging from responsibilities to focus on Jesus and to, to take that time. Um, not often, I would say. Yeah. There's this, you know, in the answer itself, there's this... Um, just packed um, expectation that yeah. here, here's the thing that it says on a Sabbath day that we would do spend time in public and private worship of God rest from routine employment, which kind of means like you're still going to do stuff. You're just not going to get paid for it. Serve the Lord and others. Yeah. And in doing so look forward to our eternal Sabbath. Um, so I think, Daniel, you're bringing out something really important that Sabbath is not just a day for a nap. I think growing up, that was how my family might've thought about for us. It was Sundays. Um, we would go to church in the morning. My mom and dad would help. It was, we grew up in a really small church, like 70 people in our church. And um, my mom would play piano. My dad would lead the, the singing and they had to be there early. So I would be running around the basement of the church and then we'd be the last people out. We'd go home and my parents like forced me to take a nap. <laughs> and I remember them clearly being like, this is just what we do on Sundays. Go to, go to bed. Like, okay. Why do you get to watch the White Sox, dad? And I got to go to bed. Uh, and then we'd wake up, we'd go back to church. There was, you know, choir practice and then an evening service. And then we'd all go out and have chili at a diner and then we'd go home and that was it. And it was Sabbath. And, uh, it felt like just an excuse to just not be employed. Mm-hmm. is what it felt like. Um, but I think, Danny, you're pulling out the fact that like it's more than just 
taking a break. It's taking an intentional break. Mm. Um, let's talk about this for a second because because the whole world has had an intentional break for the past seven months. How do we think people can can celebrate the Sabbath with that first part, spending time in public and private worship of God? And I'm particularly thinking about our worship services being streamed online these days. Mm-hmm. Is, is it possible that an online service could become a private worship of God, but it's actually a public gathering that we're using to privately worship God? Like, is it possible for us to be so economical in our time that we just do that? What do you guys think? Yeah, I think so. And I think this is the next question we've been trying to ask or answer as we move back into in-person services. Uh, I heard a statistic the other day that um, church attendance across the country is at 25 to 30% of levels that it was pre-COVID. Have you heard, has anybody heard this? I haven't heard that, but I believe it. I, I don't, and I don't know if that's accurate. I, it wouldn't surprise me, um, but it, there is this, there is this uh, measure where we don't do public things anymore, or extraneous public things have been cut out of our of our week, and we're trying to decide whether or not this live stream is a perfect alternative to in-person public gatherings. And I think what Bethel is kind of pushing toward and deciding here is that it is, it is not, it's not a perfect uh, replacement. And maybe I'm speaking out of turn. I, I just feel like that is where uh, our church is heading. Do you have, I don't know. What do you think, Dan? No, I, I think I think I see it the same way you do. Um, I I had an interesting experience this past weekend. I was down at a, a guest preaching at a church in Tennessee, and they're a really it's a big church. They are growing a ton, but um, they told me that they were hitting sixty percent of their pre COVID attendance, and they're on that like outreach top 100 fastest growing churches list. And so for them, it felt like super depressing, but 60% is, I mean, that's, it's a lot. Um, the question has got to be, if we're not gathering, spending time in public worship of God, that's got to be a check on our heart, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's got to be something that we have to analyze ourselves and say, like, am I really taking seriously my walk with the Lord if I know I'm built for community and I know that this is something that's going to be an encouragement for me and an act of worship in and of itself, just showing up. I think that's the thing for me. It's like, like just showing up to be around other believers and to pray to the Lord, to hear his word uh, spoken, even just read, hopefully preached uh, in a way that is honoring the text and then sung, you know, singing these truths that encourage our hearts. Um, the worship of the Lord is a huge, huge thing. And I think half of the Sabbath is, is built for that. I actually think there's a, there's a more detrimental side to this though, is, is not the public side of it, but the private worship. And I think maybe for the past 20, 30 years, we've assumed that just showing up on a Sunday mm-hmm. in the morning for one service kind of checks that box of like, oh, this is my Sabbath worship. And then, you know, you, you hop back into the rhythm of life and you're, um, going on. And there's no space in our days left for private worship of God, resting from routine employment, serving others. Um, I think that's that's still a real big danger 
Yeah, and I think that rest is such a foreign, I don't know, a foreign commodity right now. Um, mm-hmm. Like you said, kids are kids are busier now than they've ever been. Maybe not in terms of you know backbreaking labor, uh, but there's more things that are begging for their constant attention in today's times than ever before. So the concept of rest is is such a foreign thought because they're taught. I mean, competition is everything. You can see mm-hmm. everybody's lives on social media. So it's all about the hustle because if you're not, I mean, that's I I get I get into that that train of thought with songwriting. Like, yeah. Oh man, I'm not working tonight. Somebody is. Like somebody's always hustling all the time trying to get what you're trying to work for. Um and whether that's true or not, that's that's a narrative. I think that is heavily heavily pushed. Um so I think the concept of of rest is is kind of like, I don't know, it's it's harder to digest right now than I think ever before. Well, and I wonder I struggle with this idea of rest because I think it can be defined in so many different ways. Right. And in Daniel, you you talked about like intentional rest. What what does it mean to rest intentionally? Is you know my day off where I am, uh, you know, constantly glued, glued to a, a screen? Is that considered restful? Um, you know, what I, I don't know. How would you guys take a whack at at defining like intentional rest on a Sabbath? I'm not, I think I would use the word worshipful instead of intentional right. I was that. because there's a, there's, it may be as simple as a mindset about why you are resting that has to differentiate between I have an afternoon and I can take a nap and the Lord has asked me to give up this time so that I can worship him, serve others. Um, stop working and 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 for real. I mean, if we think about some of the the reason that the Sabbath is there, um, for, in the Old Testament, is is for the purpose of not gaining and having to rely on the Lord mm-hmm. to provide. Like there, there's some of that, and even the reason that we have it to begin with is that um, you have to get that you cannot do everything. Mm-hmm. You have to leave space for God to do things for you. And so that's something that that just taking that time off and, and, and worshipfully resting brings our mind to, that we are not the center. We are not in control. We are not do, 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 but we have to allow the Lord to do that. So I think that's, I mean, even to your point, Daniel, too, like that's a, that's a hard thing for people in a youth culture to, to grasp, Mm -hmm. but that's a hard thing for, you know, us adults who want to have control and to work hard to understand and to um, step back and let the Lord fill in those gaps. Yeah. What kind of, what kind of, sorry. No, I just didn't say that's such a huge point you just made that the Sabbath is built for us to demonstrate our trust in the Lord. Yeah. Go ahead, Daniel. What are, uh, what are some of your rhythms? I'm, I'm curious as to, um, as we're talking about Sabbath, like, I mean, I think all of us have Mondays off. So, um, b- before I I'm, bought, before I bought my house, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's a good point though, because yeah. like, like Dan said before, it doesn't mean you do nothing, but mm-hmm, you rest right. from routine employment is different than like, you know, on Sunday, 
we still keep up our house. Like we, like you, we use that time to still do laundry or to, you know, I, I don't think that's a, that's a wrong sort of thing, but, but you aren't, working in the way that you're making money to advance your success or financial success or any of those things, because you're allowing the Lord to do that. And what day do you guys use? Is it, is it a strictly, is it a strictly Saturday thing? Is it Sunday at post church? Is it Monday, your day off? What are your all's rhythms? It's usually Monday for me. Yeah. I, but this is an interesting thought for us in ministry that the Sabbath is meant to be public and private worship. Like mm-hmm. this is the first time I've thought about that, that ours have to be split because mm, yeah. our public worship may take place on Sunday. But then if we are really focusing on, you know, having that time o- away from work, that has to be a different day. Yeah. So I'm just, this is the first time I've thought about that. Yeah, Sorry, Scott, I cut you off. No, no, I, I yeah. And I, I guess we could talk about uh, Sunday is not usually a restful day for uh, any of us. It's it's a, a day of work. And I don't know about you guys, but um, just recently the outdoor services have uh, been an incredible amount of work for- Ratcheted that up a little bit. The team. <laughs> yeah. And it is, it is not restful. Like Sunday yeah. morning is not restful. And yeah. I've noticed that I have been less engaged in services just because um, during the service, I'm bouncing around to kids ministry or making sure that um, people who are getting back, you know, finding the person that's getting baptized in the crowd and making sure they're in the right spot. And um, uh, I mean, all of this stuff, it's it's just, uh, I've engaged less in public worship, I would say on Sunday mornings during this season. Yeah, I think there's, um, there's a grace that Jesus brings with him when he comes and he I mean, he fulfills all of these commandments, um, even though they're still left in place for us. I don't, I'm not one of those Christians that believes that we don't have to obey the 10 commandments now because Jesus has come, but there is a different relationship that the Christian has with the Sabbath than the first Israelites had. And I think this strictness of, you know, the letter of the law, um, might be something that we enjoy. Um, you know, Jesus said that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Um, and, and Paul tells the Colossian church, don't let anyone pass judgment on you regarding like things like festivals and new moons and Sabbaths. Um, those that he pulls those things out. And, um, that's why Christians can trick or treat. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I'm just kidding. Not according but to my I think, mom. <laughs> I think it's a little bit more of a gray area for us than it has, has ever been. And I think at the same time, since all of life is worship, we need to be mindful of this. And so um, it was a lot easier for me when when uh, we were in a rhythm of Sunday morning gatherings, even if I was preaching um, to be worshiping, because that for me doesn't, I, I know in my mind that I, in some sense, get paid to do that, but I've never approached preaching like it's a, it's a vehicle for providing for my family. Does that make sense? Like I've never mm-hmm. seen that as like my gainful employment. Um, and so for me to go to church and to worship with our community, to come home and be with my family. And then we'd often have like small group over at our house um, and and be with each other, um, which felt a little bit more of like a private worship, even though I know that was with like a smaller community. Um, maybe those would be the days where I felt like most refreshed and rested, even though I was exerting hmm. more energy, I, I do think there was an, an intentional worshipful 
component to that rest that is different than um, than anything else. So, I mean, Mondays for me are like yard work and kids <laughs> and like doing doing whatever Kristen needs done. Like, I don't know. It's like uh, it's Mondays. Mondays are, are my day to help my, my wife have a break. And so it's a little different. Uh, I think, regard. yeah, our, for our family, Sunday afternoons, I mean, like Sunday mornings are still pretty taxing, but when, when we're home after church, I, I, even though we're in ministry, I don't want my kids to miss out on that rhythm of we go to church on Sunday morning and this is how we honor the Lord on Sunday. And we come home from church on Sunday afternoon and we rest. And, and so we've tried to maintain that with our kids um, even though it's technically a work day, it's mm-hmm. still a the the point of the Lord being worthy of our worship in in the public arena is still true at home for us on Sunday. So we've we've sort of maintained that on Sundays. I would add to to this conversation before we put a period on it, um, which I think this is such a the reason I wanted to extend our conversation about this question. We could wrestle this thing to the ground and still not feel like we have our hands around it. Um, there's a point in this that says we're going to rest from routine employment, but also serve the Lord and others. And I think this is one part of like the structure of the American church that is actually helpful because most of our churches have opportunities for people to serve on a Sunday morning um, one another, whether that's, you know, taking care of someone's child or, you know, helping lead worship or doing any number of behind the scene things or being a, a host at a weekend service, being someone on the hospitality team. Um, there's so many ways that we get to serve the Lord and others within the context of a Sunday morning worship mm-hmm. service. And honestly, that's another part of Sabbath that I think we've lost as we've gone towards online services is that we've outsourced a lot of that to a professional team of our people who get paid to do these things. And then at home, the extent of our, you know, serving the Lord is maybe we show up to the TV on time, Mm. you know, like there's, (laughs) there's no welcoming in of others. There's no giving of yourself to either teach kids or, or, or to bless one another, or to even demonstrate the gifts of mercy or, or prayer that happen in our lobbies um, at our churches. So I just, I think about that too. And I think, man, if ever there was a way for us to celebrate the fact that on Sundays we get, we get to serve mm-hmm. uh, one another and that gets to be an act of worship, I'm looking forward to that um, coming back around. And so, guys, that's coming. November 1st, we're kicking off back in our building, uh, indoor services. <laughs> I'm praying that uh, the Lord keeps those numbers in Indiana and COVID super low Yeah, uh, and you know that no one... Uh, well, our church know, is in Porter County and we're doing much better in Porter County. Porter so, County you know. it's, like, it's like God's County. <laughs> it's like the, the Holy Spirit is present and shining down upon yes. the respiratory systems of people who live in oh, Porter wow. County. I do, I do have a question, Dan. Um, yeah. What would your response be to the, I don't know, the mom or the dad with uh, you know six day a week job, uh, sports on Sundays, um, who maybe, maybe can't fit church into the schedule um they're trying to you know shuffle (laughs) balance 100 plates um how important is is sabbath so this is getting to the last that's an awesome question i just think it's awesome that you were like boiling it down and then daniel's like 
spam. <laughs> yeah, he was like, hold on, not so quick. Let me give you like one that's going to make you squirm. We can so, cut that whole eight block and just go just here. Go yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so great question. I think you're getting to the last part of the answer. I'll read it again. Fourth, that on the Sabbath day, we spend time in public and private worship of God, rest from routine employment, serve the Lord and others. And then here's the point. Here's what, here's what you're pulling out. And so anticipate the eternal Sabbath. Mm -hmm. It's not the idea that we're going to be doing this our, the rest of our lives. So you don't have to do it now, but rather I think there's this dependency and this, um, you know, desperation for the Lord to fill us and for us to, to be, um, trusting in him. And I think one of the idols that our culture has created some sort of like acceptance towards is the idol of busyness, the entitlement of our kids to compete, the necessity of that to happen anytime that that competition is supposed to happen. And that every parent needs to feel like they're only a good parent if they put their kid in mm -hmm. that situation. And here's how I know, and I can cut through all of that immediately. When you go to anticipating the eternal Sabbath, what are you going to feel like was an important part of your life? Was it sacrificing the thing that God said was important or mm. was it getting the thing that your kids said was important? Yeah, and good. honestly, that's a really unpopular thing to say. And thanks for making me have to say it, <laughs> but, but we, we, it's an instant evaluative tool for us to go, will I regret in the, in eternity what I've focused right on right now. Andy Stanley's got a great way of saying this. He says, don't focus what, or don't forfeit what you want the most for what you want in the moment. And he talks about that mostly about like sexual purity and having great marriages. But I think it's true as well. We want to have, uh, I want to walk into heaven knowing my savior. I don't want to meet him there just because I, I, I got across the finish line, you know, by saying his name and just having nominal Christianity. I want to know God. And that might mean making sacrifices in this life um, that disadvantaged my kids. That's a hard, that's a hard thing. That's a but even that hard thing. disadvantage. I yeah. mean, really, what is that decision showing your kids? Your that decision though, you know, the, the, the child may object to that. Really we're modeling for our kids that Jesus is worth it. He is worth, our sacrifice of time. He is worth our sacrifice of practice or game or whatever it is that would keep us from joining with the body of Christ. And that quite possibly is the greatest advantage that we can give our children is this foundation of all the other things in the world may try to distract and may try to pull us away. But what we know as Christ followers is that he is worth it. Yeah. I think the there's a harder version of that question, Daniel, that you could have asked me, which would have been, what about the guy who works for the mill or works for an employer mm -hmm. and he's on shift work and every four weeks his shift rotates and he's going to be unable to go to church for four weeks? Um, what about that? Does he need, need to find a new job? And I think there's much more flexibility and freedom in that. And I think that's where the online church experience actually is a blessing and technology can, can still facilitate people um, providing for their families. But also my encouragement to that brother or sister who's finding themselves, you know, having to work their shift at the hospital or having to work whatever's going on, find a day. Don't, don't work eight days in a row. 
you know, find a day where you can rest in the Lord because it's in that resting um, that that really uh, he, he's proven faithful. Um, you guys, this has been a fascinating conversation. We could we could keep going, uh, you know, for hours, but I think this is a good place for us to put a period on it. Listeners, what do you guys think? Where are we right? Are we wrong? Drop us a note uh, in the Facebook uh, feed. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, until next time, we hope this conversation has helped you follow Jesus further. We'll see you guys. Thank you.